0: Good morning, Watermark. And for all of those who may be tuning in with us this morning. Uh, I'm grateful to be with you. The, uh, being in the middle of all this COVID-19 stuff and and shelter in place, it just got me thinking like, man, I, I didn't ask for this. Like, wh- Why is this going on? But even more so, it's uh, made me think back to other things that have happened in my life where I received something that I didn't want and, and at the end of it, ended up being grateful for it. And I think that could end up being the case here but just that question I thought was intriguing, and so I posted it on social media this week, and, and the responses were um, outstanding. Some of you, um, you know, trying to be a little funny, I think, responded like your spouse or your kids, uh, which was uh, a good little uh, joke And some of all that. But uh, one gal put, like, hey, one gift that she received this Christmas was a pair of pajamas that she didn't want, uh, but in the midst of shelter in place. It's what she's worn every single day, and she's loving it. And uh, things like that. Others, others were more of the uh, serious nature and one guy put down that, you know, he was really grateful uh, looking back on it for a DWI that he received because his life was heading in a really bad direction. And that DWI served as like his wake-up call uh, to begin to change the trajectory um, of his life. And another couple put on there that uh, one thing that they never asked for, that they've ended up being so grateful for, was their son who has Down syndrome. And they said that, that boy has taught them more about um, love in the sanctity of life and the value of every single person that they would not go back and change one single chromosome in his body. Uh, but the one that probably stands out most to me is, is uh, one that I've got to witness because it's uh, within my, uh, my family. And uh, it's with my older brother, him and his wife um, have nine kids, four biological, five uh, adopted, and they're an amazing family. Um, but they're going through a little bit of a rough time right now that I don't think they would have desired and Right as uh, COVID-19 hit and the shelter in place orders came through, um, all nine of their kids instantly became homeschooled, so full house all the time, um, and the challenges that would come with that. But then on top of that, um, their house caught on fire a few weeks ago. And so what that, luckily it didn't burn down, it was able to be contained, but uh, what that's forced them to do is they are now living, all 11 of them, in two camper trailers in their driveway as the house is remediated. And, you know, I was talking to my brother. I was like, man, like, how are you doing this? That sounds miserable. And he said, it's actually quite the opposite. He said, we've actually become very grateful for this trial that we find ourselves in because it's helped remind us of what truly matters. It's given us an opportunity as a a family to spend a lot of time together, to create some shared memories, and then really also to uh, put our attention back on kind of what matters most and take care of some things that we've been neglecting for a while. And he said, so really, we as hard as it is, we, we see it um, as a gift. And that's what I want us to talk about this morning is as we uh, across uh, really the globe, uh, everyone in some shape or form is affected by what's happening with the coronavirus and the trial that is created. And what I want you to know, and I think what God's word would tell us is that trials are a gift. And that if we have a right perspective about them, we will view them um, with joy and with gratitude and with thankfulness because God uses trials to do something in us. And so trials are a gift and they're a gift because they are God's means for growing us. And so we are gonna spend some time this morning looking at James chapter one, verses two through five, where God clearly lays out for us why trials are a gift, like what, what the test of trials is, uh, what he does through them, and, and then how he wants to guide us through those individual trials, and it couldn't be more applicable as we find ourselves in this season where we had whatever was going on in your life already that was hard. Let's just throw this on top of it. And if you're like me, there's been a temptation through a lot of this to kind of be a little bit uh, bitter and frustrated. And if we take that posture, if you take that posture, you're going to miss out on what God wants to do in and through you um, in this season. And so uh, let's just dive in and begin to look at what uh, God's word has to say about this. And so in James chapter one, we're going to go two through five, but we'll just start at the beginning of it. It says, he's, he writes this, he says, my brothers and sisters, so he's writing um, to believers. He says, consider it nothing but joy when you fall into all sorts of trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And so we see here that trials are a test of our faith. And so what does that mean? Um, Testing is to demonstrate or show the true value of something. For instance, whenever you're looking at a a precious metal and you want to, or looking at gold, and you want to see, hey, how pure is this gold? The refiner would would put it in fire um, to expose the impurities that may exist within it and show um, what uh, what faults or impurities may exist in that precious metal. And so what God is telling us this year is that trials are a gift because they reveal the true nature of our faith. Trials are a gift because they reveal the true nature of our faith. Well, why why should that be a gift to us? Now, because here, here's what I think or what I know is that when uh, life is easy and everything's going, going well, like it's really uh, easy for us to say that we trust God with our mouth, but really operate um, in independence from him and allow um, idols uh, to capture our heart where we become more concerned about other things than God. But because life's easy, uh, we, we really like the impurities in our faith really don't expose themselves. And so what that does is that we start on this trajectory where we slowly begin to go through life and just start to, over time, drift apart from dependence on God, drift apart from our relationship with him. And then all of a sudden, boom, a trial comes in, and it's this moment uh, where uh, our faith is tested and it reveals in us what is lacking in our faith. And so, therefore, it reveals in us the things that are keeping us from experiencing all the life that God would want us uh, to experience. Um, and so, trials are a gift because they reveal the true nature of our faith. Our community group, uh, the guys in it, we talk about it this way there, there's a phrase that we use with each other, and it's just the phrase heat and pressure. And so we'll be catching up. Somebody asks the question, hey, um, man, how was your week or how was your day? And somebody may say, like I may say, man, there's been a lot of heat and pressure uh, this week or there's been a lot of heat and pressure today. And what we mean by that is, hey, we've been, we've been walking through um, a hard circumstance and, uh, it, and it's been challenging to us. And then really great conversation ensues after that because we start to lean in and ask each other, well, hey, how did you respond? in that moment of heat and pressure? How how did, where did you run to for relief in that moment of heat and pressure? What did your relationship look like with your with your wife when the house was uh, chaotic and you were kind of at your wits end? And really, as we, we do that, and as we ask those questions, what we see, what I've come to, to learn about the testing of our faith is how do we identify what those impurities are? We just simply look at how we respond and where we run whenever those moments of heat and pressure, whenever that testing um, occurs. And, and look, like, it's hard. And one of the hardest things in this moment, one of the hardest things about being tested in our faith um, is that it's painful to see our own imperfections. Uh, I can't stand it uh, whenever I see my own my own failures, failures and just the way that, that it affects me. And uh, there's been two moments since this whole um, coronavirus thing has hit that uh, my imperfections... Um, were revealed in a really painful way. And so right now, for those of you who may not know, our our Fort Worth campus, as a byproduct of multiplication and discipleship that's happened, we'll be launching to independence uh, this summer. And so we're working towards that. There's a lot of stuff to do. And so there's this responsibility that I'm uh, probably inappropriately carrying on my shoulders to lead us well through that. And then this crisis time hits and I'm like, okay, how do I lead our campus really well through this? And so I'm like, consumed a lot in my mind with what are the right next things to do? What are people thinking about my leadership? And on two occasions, once with somebody on staff and once with my daughter, where they just kind of invaded my space. And uh, my response to them was not one of kindness and gentleness, but because I was carrying this burden and really trying to get through all of this uh, operating independently from God, I, I reacted in my flesh and I kind of amped up and bowed up and, uh, was harsh with my words, and it, and it damaged relationships around me. And uh, it grieved me. It grieved me because I know that it didn't represent who I want to be. It didn't represent Christ in me. But at the same time, it was a gift because it showed me, it showed me the the gaps in my faith, the impurities in my faith, and that even still, having been walking with Jesus for a long time now, being on church staff for a long time now, that I still struggle with um, wanting people to think well of me and drawing my my worth from my reputation, I still um, struggle with a desire um, for control. And uh, these these moments revealed to me that hey, I still have work to do in preaching the gospel to myself, and trusting God, and depending on Him when when seasons of testing come through. And so I don't I don't know what it is for you, uh, but my encouragement to you would be to to think back so far over whatever it is that you're going through, whether it's however this season has impacted you, be it a financial loss, be it illness, be it um, isolation and loneliness, um, whatever idols that that's challenged for you and say, okay, God, what are you revealing um, about my faith that's impure? And then like, how do you wanna grow me? Like, how can you help me become more like Christ in the midst of this season? Help me to see this season of trial as a gift and not like a burden. Help me to not be, but be not be bitter, um, but be grateful for this opportunity um, to grow. It's painful to acknowledge our imperfections, but there's purpose behind it because God wants to test your faith whenever you're going through any trial to help you begin to grow. So so what is it for you? And they begin to think about how can I grow? And that's what uh, James goes on to write in verse four. He says this, after he talks about our faith being tested, he says that it produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect effect. So this is the purpose of the pain, of the testing. Let endurance have its perfect effect so that you will be perfect and complete, not deficient in anything. Saying that, um, hey, let the testing of your faith produce endurance. That is going to um, uh, perfect uh, your character and complete your faith. That's the purpose in it. It's gonna reveal the impurity so that you can do something about it. So your character where it's out of line with the character of Christ uh, can begin to be completed as you lean back into trusting God and then your, your, uh, your faith in general, your trust in him can be uh, completed, can be perfected and completed. And so um, here's the deal. Like none of us like trials, but if you think about it, I don't know that I've, had, I've met anyone who said that their real advances or their real, real progress um, in their faith, in deepening their relationship with God and, and deepening their relationship with other people around them and growing in their character. I don't know anybody who said that those those moments came when life was easy and comfortable. I don't know anybody who has taken significant grounds in their, in their faith um, and in their character when life is just incredibly easy. But I have had lots of conversations with people who would look into the 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 deepest, darkest valleys of their life and say, hey, I wouldn't change anything about it because it's in those moments of trial and hardship and pain that I came to know the deep love of God more than I ever have at any other time in my life where God did something to begin to transform the relationships around me during those moments in my life. And so trials are the most direct path to progress in our lives. And so therefore we can view them for the gift, uh, for the gift that they that they are. Um, and so the second point that I would just say in this is that trials are the training grounds for growth. Trials are the training grounds for growth. And just on that note of being thankful for hard times deepening us, uh, just a few stories. Like um, there's a friend of mine who uh, it came out a few years ago that um, her husband had been in the middle of an affair for three years, and she was completely crushed. And I got to sit down with both her and her husband and spend a lot of time with them, and then uh, invest them, and they they began to make the right choices. Both of them began to draw a circle around themselves and say, God, help me in my faith, help me in who I am, help me to become more like Christ. Um, And then a year later, sitting across the table from them, the, uh, Rachel said this. She said, Hey, you, you told me in those first few conversations that there was a possibility that I could look back on this and be grateful for what happened because of what it would have produced in my relationship with Christ and what it did in my marriage. And she said, I thought you had completely lost your mind. But she said, Now a year later, um, I have a walk with the Lord like I've never experienced in my entire life. And believe it or not, um, I have the marriage with that man now that I always wanted but had never experienced before. And so I'm grateful for the, for the trial of that infidelity because of how God used it to grow both me and my husband. I even think about uh, some of the darkest times for my wife, Lindsay, and I of walking through um, infertility. And uh, my wife, She's just kind of been reflecting on those seasons. She says, you know, I'm so, I'm so grateful for the valleys that I've had to walk through in my life, not the mountaintop experiences, uh, of, of ease, but the valleys that I've had to experience in my life because I've come to it, appreciate the beauty of experiencing God in hard times and how God has used that, um, to grow me. Um, and then even like just more contextually for right now, uh, just conversations, even through the social media thing, many of you said, hey, I'm I'm beginning to become grateful for the quarantine because it's helping me uh, realize what's most important in life. And God is doing something in me, and he's doing something in my family and in my friends. And there's a gratitude that comes because we begin to see how the uh, the trials are the training grounds for growth for us. Uh, James goes on and he uses the word endurance. The word endurance here is is interesting it carries the word like hypomone in the greek and it carries with it the uh, kind of the context of um endurance would be standing up underneath the weight of the circumstance or being able to stay on your feet um, in the face um, of immense pressure and so it carries with this this idea of not caving in or not escaping from the trial that you find yourself in but but standing firm In the midst of and what it's saying is say when you choose to stand firm in your faith uh whenever the trial the heat and pressure of the trial is really hot that's when the perfecting and the completing happen but i know like there's a tendency when the pain is high um, when the trial is really hard to want to escape from it and to want to flee from it but when that happens when christians try to flee from trials they stunt their growth when you try to if you're right now trying to get out from underneath this season or whatever it is that you're going through, as fast as you possibly can, like, I get it. I get the need to want to to seek relief and be out of the season that you're in. But when you do that, you're going to miss out on everything that God has for you. Um, It's like an athlete who doesn't wanna do the training. Uh, I was a a personal trainer and a strength coach for a while. And I can tell you, there's two types of athletes. There's those who um, look at training. They don't necessarily love it, but they know that if they are willing to go all in and get the most out of the training; that they're going to grow significantly from it, and they're going to be better athletes because of it. But then there's other athletes who um, just like to be on the field when the game's going, and they cut corners during training. They try to get out from as many workouts as they can, and um, or they just focus on you know uh, upper body and they skip leg day, and they end up all bicep and no backside. And when they get out on the field, when the, when the time comes to truly stand firm, they don't have what it takes because they weren't willing to go through the training. They tried to get out from underneath the weight of the training and it stunted their growth. And so in, in the same way, like for you, whatever it may be, whatever the specific circumstances of the trial that you're going through, don't seek to flee from it, like submit to it. Enter into the trial and uh, begin to see what does it look like for you to keep the faith, to stand firm so that so that you can grow. Um, in the midst of all this. And here's the other thing, is I think sometimes we can get really defeated um, when we don't do this well, like when we don't endure well, when we don't struggle well, and we uh, we have something happen, like what happened with me and just kind of a a, a blow up moment where uh, all your imperfections are revealed. It can be defeating. Like for all of you moms right now that are running the home and taking care of your kids all at the same time and teaching schoolwork and. Like there's a moment in the day where your kids are just like in your ear, in your ear, in your ear, and you just kind of lash out at them for a moment. That can be defeating. And like you've had this great day all day long with your kids, and then one moment destroys everything. It can make you want to give up. But I would say this, like don't. Like God's mercies are new every morning. Proverbs twenty four sixteen says this, that indeed a righteous person will fall seven times, like they'll fail seven times, but then they get up again and they go at it and they continue to persist and to endure and try to grow, but the guilty collapse in time of calamity um, and they give up. Uh, I saw a, uh, a video this week, and it was talked about like uh, the fourth week of quarantine, and it was a dad who was outside and he was like cooking hamburgers, and his son, who was probably like 10 years old, was behind him, and he was just dribbling a basketball all over the, the place, bumping into the dad, and then the, the dad had that meltdown moment where he turns around, he grabs the basketball and he punts it no less than 50 yards across the yard just because he's like, hey, this moment, is like, I'm done. And truthfully, um, in some form or fashion, all of us may have those moments, uh, but don't give up. Seek forgiveness uh, whenever those impurities in your faith and character shine brightly and then repent and get up and uh, continue to walk forward in faith in what God's teaching you. Uh, because we have to continue to move forward in faith if we want to experience the growth that's going to happen. The growth that God wants to give you in the midst of this trial is not going to come automatically. It is going to require some work and some effort on your part. Uh, But training uh, trials are the training grounds um, for growth. And so view this season as an opportunity uh, as you walk through hard times for God to do something in you that's not really... Uh, capable of happening when life is, is easy and well. And I think if that happens, you'll look back on this season and whatever trial you may be going through um, with gratitude and not bitterness. And it'll be a blessing to you. And then Paul uh, would or uh, James would go on and he would just finish saying that, hey, in the midst of all this, like God's not left you stranded. God's not left you stranded. He wants to guide you through this. And in verse five, he says, if anyone is deficient in wisdom, He should ask God who gives to all generously and without reprimand, and so it will be given to him. So God's saying, hey, if you lack wisdom and how to navigate whatever hard time that you're going through, like, come to me and I'll guide you through it. And so my last point would be that God wants to guide you as he grows you through trials. You're not in this alone. He's provided you with the wisdom of his word um, he's provided you with an invitation to come to Him in prayer for help. He's provided you with the people of God, an abundance of counselors to help guide you guide you through this season. Uh, and so, the only reason, if like if you're trying having a hard time figuring out, hey, what should you do? Like, how do you, how do you grow in the midst of whatever the trial is that you're going through? Um, if you lack guidance in that, the only reason that you lack guidance is because you're not searching for it. Like it's readily available. God says, "Hey, I will provide this for you, if." You seek it. And so there should be no reason for you to go without guidance unless the reason is you're, you're not looking for the guidance that I want to provide you. Um, it would be similar to this. Uh, we've lived in Fort Worth now for, I don't know, seven or so years, my wife and I have. And, uh, you know, after like week seven, I started driving around town without my GPS because I started to, to learn my way around. But Lindsay, we've been here for seven years. She goes to largely the same grocery store every single week, but still, Seven years later, before she leaves the house to go anywhere, she always pulls up her final destination um, on her phone and has directions on where she's going to go. And I give her all kinds of hard time about it. Uh, but there's something that, that never happens to Lindsay that occasionally happens to me. Um, she never gets lost. Not once. Uh, and occasionally, uh, in my uh, thinking, I had infinite wisdom, we'll get lost. Even in this town I've been in for seven years, And so the point is this, um, don't skip the step of of looking to God for guidance in how to navigate this season. Like he wants to guide you. He's given you everything that you need to to learn and to look at how to navigate this season well. And so he wants to guide you as he will grow you through whatever trial may be that you're walking through in this season um, or in any season. And so I'll give you this assignment, like how do you actually take ground in this just to recap a few questions that I asked along the way would be this um, in a journal uh, and and uh, just get out a piece of paper somewhere on a notepad and you can answer these three questions. And I think if you spend a little bit of time on these three questions, you, you won't waste this season. You'll look back on it. You'll see the trial of whatever's going on as a gift and God will use it uh, to perfect your faith and to complete your character. Um, and so these are the questions. The first one is this, what are the current trials revealing about the impurities in your faith. What are they? Uh, Secondly, how might God be trying to grow you um, during these trials? What is he trying to show you and what can he advance in your faith and in your character? And then thirdly, what wisdom from God's word needs to be applied um, for you to have right guidance as you navigate this time and this season? And I think if you spend a little bit of time on those three words, you will be able to apply these concepts that James has unpacked for us to your life today and you'll experience the growth, and you look back on this season and say, hey, I didn't ask for this. I didn't want this, um, but I'm grateful what God for what God did um, in the midst of it. And then I'll close with this. Uh, right now, uh, there's a family who uh, I have seen uh, make a massive change in their perspective on something that's really, really hard um, that they're going through. And it's my friend's, jody and christy walker um jody and christy have three young boys and uh, christy's kind of always longed uh hoping holding out for a girl one day and uh, several months ago they found out that they were pregnant with their fourth child and uh lo and behold it turns out that it's going to be a baby girl and right about the same time that that they found all that news out um, they also got the news that that christy uh was diagnosed with cancer and she was still in the first trimester when this happened. And so not only she did she get diagnosed with cancer, there was um, significant fear from both of them on, uh, will the baby be able to make it? Will Christy survive this cancer? And, uh, and then came the news, okay, like, hey, we can't even start treatment because you're in the first trimester and the risk that's gonna, that that's going to pose to your child. And so we're going to have to delay treatment and allow the cancer to continue to grow um, until your baby has grown enough into the second trimester where we feel like it's safe at that point to begin treatment. And so like their world comes crashing down all them on them, and then all of a sudden too, like this coronavirus stuff sweeps the globe, and she's extremely high risk for infection, and they're just like, what is going on um, in our world? And some of their early responses to that were was, was the fear of, of life, uh, being lost. Um, you know, whatever may happen to them, there was frustration and anger about what was going on. And both of them, just in a conversation with them, said that their early responses and all that was just to try to um, disconnect and, and just kind of numb out and not deal with the pain and the emotions that they were feeling. But then they said that they got to a point um, where they— realized that God was showing them something in the middle of all this. And uh, for Jody, he said, hey, what God was showing me is that although I would say that I I, I lived a life of dependence on him in this situation, um, I was trying to be strong for my wife and uh, was just trying to figure out what's the next right thing for us to do. And I was doing all of it completely independent from God. And I was burdened and just weighed down and being crushed by the by the entirety of the situation and then christy said it it revealed to her this sense of entitlement that she carried like she was entitled to good health that she was entitled to this uh baby girl and uh and that she also had like a false sense of goodness and thinking that goodness in the, this life was um ease and comfort and material goods and but then they turned the corner and Christy said that she turned the corner in dealing with this cancer diagnosis whenever she decided um, to lament and to admit um, everything that she was feeling, the fear that she had about the life of her child, about her own life, the fear that she had um, you know, about what she may lose, her, her broken desires and shattered dreams. Um, and she said, that at that point, when I began to lament and actually turn to God and say, hey, this is how I'm feeling, will you help me? Um, everything began to change for her and for Jody. And she said as they've walked that season, she just finished up this week her final uh, chemo treatment. She said, ultimately, what God has shown me in all of this and what he's, how he's helped me grow, he has redefined my definition of goodness. She says, through this trial, like beforehand, goodness to me was defined as um, having a life of comfort um, and ease, and, and a nice house and a happy family. But through all this, through walking through this really, really hard time of cancer, um, of treatment, of the scare of what the virus stuff could do in the midst of all that, she said, I have come into the, the deepest, most joyful relationship with God that I ever have in my entire life. And so God has redefined my goodness to be about walking with him closely and intimately and having all the joy that comes from that and nothing else. And, uh, and then Jody would say what it's helped him realize is that just to have a greater awareness that they're not unique in their suffering, that they're not unique um, in their trials and that people all around them all the time are walking through things like they're walking through. And so even in the midst of they walk through what they needed to, he said one of the biggest things that's helped is for him to take his eyes off of their circumstances and look around to other people. And he said, as, as we have started praying for our friends and reaching out to help others in small ways that we can, it's, it's lightened our burden and it's helped me come to trust God more and to love other people more in a way that, that Christ would. And then at the end of it all, um, Christy just, uh, she said this, she said, the first week after my diagnosis with cancer, um, there were some people that reached out who were um, on the tail end of it, who were in the recovery phase of all this, uh, of the cancer stuff. And she said, that they told her that, um, hey, it's, when you get done with all this, you're gonna look back on this season and you're not gonna ever wish that your diagnosis, diagnosis would have been different. You're gonna be grateful for it because of what God did in you and through you during this season. And she said, I thought they were crazy. And she just kind of laughed it off. She said, I didn't, I didn't see how I could ever be grateful for having cancer and having my child's life at risk. But she said, believe it or not, like I am. I am grateful for because of how God has brought me closer to him, how he's forever changed my marriage, and how he's forever changed our outlook on life and what's most important in the need to love and to serve and to care for other people. And she also said something this, like I asked her, I said, hey, if you could tell um, the people that I'm about to talk to whatever you wanted uh, about, you know, enduring a trial, what would it be? And she said, she said this, that, Trial um, is experienced on a personal level, but recovery from trial is experienced communally. Meaning that nobody's going through the exact same thing that she's going through right now, um, but through reaching out for God's help, for the people of God's help, recovery, endurance has come. And the strength to endure uh, would have never been there if she wouldn't have reached out to the Lord and to other people for help as she went through it. And so my friends, um, I don't know in this season what trial looks like for you, um, but I hope that you will change your perspective on it and that you won't be be bitter about what you're going through, but that you will see um, this season as a gift and that the testing of these trials as it reveals the impurities of your faith will give you the opportunity to run to God and allow him to help grow you through the training grounds of trials in this season to allow him to guide you as you walk through this and then to look back and say, you know what, we didn't ask for this time. We didn't ask for uh, months of shutdown, for economic collapse, for illness, for death, but you know what, Uh, God did something amazing in it because I didn't seek to run, but I submitted myself to to him and to this process of this trial and have grown tremendously. And I think if you do that, uh, you will be grateful and you will begin to see gifts, not just now, but forever. Uh, trials per se uh, for the gift that they are. Let me pray for you, Father. We we thank you that uh, in a way that only you can, you can take something uh, that is incredibly hard. You can take things that we would never wish for for ourselves, and uh, and use them for our good. And uh, that that ultimately when we come, to, the way that we come to know more of who you are and to experience that which is truly good, the way to experience those things is through suffering, is through hardship, is through trial. And so uh, if anyone is is here and they're listening to this, God, I pray that you would encourage them. I pray that if they don't know you, that they would turn for you for the help that they so desperately need, that they would reach out um, to us, that we may come alongside them. And I, uh, God, I pray that you would give us Uh, by your grace, the strength to stand up underneath the weight uh, of the circumstances that are going on to continue to trust you. And in doing so, would you conform us more into the image of your son May you complete what is lacking in our faith? And may our attitudes be those of joy um, and gratefulness as opposed to, to bitterness and disdain. But we love you and we thank you for all that we have in Jesus Christ. Amen.